0: As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. Cradio! Fruits of the Holy Spirit, a talk by Jess Leach at the 2018 Immaculata Mission School in Hobart, Tasmania. So, because obviously there are physical manifestations of the Holy Spirit, like Simone was saying, um, when she was talking, there are these gifts of the Holy Spirit, which she's sharing a testimony, she said physical manifestations. And these are important, you know, because obviously we are fleshed souls. We are body and soul. So um, when I love someone, you know, when I see Ethel, and I'm so happy to see Ethel. I don't just kind of look at Ethel and think. What I say is, Ethel, it's so good to see you, and I give her a hug. Um, You know, and obviously also the gifts help us. The gifts help us serve. They're so important in that way. Um, They're important because God has given them. You know, that's so important. You know, because God has given gifts, and if He gives, He's a good giver. So we want to receive what He gives. I don't know about you, but um, I remember. Yeah, all I know is I want more, more, more. That's all I can say. And important, like I said, because we are. We are these enfleshed souls. We have bodies. So it matters. You know, touch matters. Being hugged matters. Hearing the words, I love you, matters. You know, these outward physical manifestations in life, um, they matter. Do you know, if a baby isn't touched, that baby doesn't develop properly. And there was an incredible study done on Romanian orphans. There was a, a huge um, scandal in, I think it was the 1980s, they found all these orphanages in Romania, Babies had just been, and children had just been left in cages pretty much in rooms and just abandoned. And they were, many of them were adopted by couples in the West. And these children really struggled. You know, they they were given good food, they were given love from the age they were adopted onwards. But many of them could never connect with their adoptive parents, developed, you know, um, many, many difficult traits. Um, And yet there was this group of them that adjusted very well that did, did really well. And so a researcher decided to look at the, connect the dots. Why did these particular kids, this, these particular orphans, why did they develop well and the others didn't? And she was able to trace them all back to this one orphanage and this one floor of an orphanage. And she found that there had been a nurse who every night had gone and hugged the children. She just spent time hugging each one of them. So our bodies matter. You know, these, these outward signs, they're important. At the same time, Jesus said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, but will not enter the kingdom of heaven. They'll say, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? And I will say, I never knew you. So our faith can't just be outward. God is interested in our hearts. One thing that God shows us that he's not just about externals. You know, this, is a, this is a theme with the Lord. Um, no house, no mansion, no matter how beautifully landscaped the gardens, could impress God. You know, so he was born amongst the animals in a manger. You know, no status or wealth or um, power or authority. That can't mean anything to someone who created, to the one who created the universe. So he chose to be born to a teenage girl and to have his foster father as a common labourer. And no job, no occupation, no matter how awesome, no brains, it's not going to impress the person or the one who created brains. <laughs> you know, so he chose 12 pretty hopeless dudes to be his disciples, you know, smelly fishermen and tax collectors. You know, he doesn't care about these things of the world because the world is passing away. He's come for a people with a righteous heart. He looks to the heart. So Christianity is not a set of external behaviours. It's not about what we look like on the outside. Not whether we look like Christians, but what we look like in our hearts. So there's this um, phrase that has taken me a long time to get my head around, but I want to share it with you guys. Holiness... Is an inside job. So what's holiness? Can anyone put their hand up? Does anyone have any idea maybe what holiness is? Any takers? There are a few seminaries in this room. I hope they might have a wild guess. Anyone? Yes, James? Intimacy with God? Very good. You were gonna say the same thing. Anyone <laughs> anyone else, Matt? To be set apart, very good. Anyone else? Yes. To be whole? Very good. What about to be sacred as well, holy, sacred? So those are all really good answers. To be Christ-like, yes. And we don't just want to be Christ-like on the outside. You know, if that's what it took, then every dude in this room should have a beard. But that's not what it's about, okay? It's not just the outward signs. Holiness doesn't just mean to be set apart outwardly in the way we look or the way we behave. It doesn't mean to appear sacred, it means about what's going on in our hearts. Is my heart filled with the sacred? Is my heart intimate with God? Is my heart whole? And we see this, um, you know, we see this in the Old Testament. On Ash Wednesday, we always hear the reading, rend your hearts, rend, R-E-N-D, rend your hearts, not your garments. So to rend your garments means to rip your garments. So in the Old Testament, when great sin had occurred, people would rip their garments and say, you know, as in like, oh, this is so terrible, and they would put on sackcloth and ashes and um, there'd be great outward repenting, okay? But God in the Old Testament says, rend your hearts, not your garments. He also says, (laughs) he also says, circumcise your hearts, okay? So circumcision was one of the signs given in the law of the Old Testament, the circumcision of the, the male babies. But he also, he says, circumcise your hearts. It's not just about these outward signs. And so we have this, you know, we see in this, um, this circumcision, we have this old law, you know, this law that God gave to his people, And there were all these outward behaviours, external behaviours, that the people were called to follow in order to remain with God. This was because their hearts were always going astray. So he gave them these regulations. But at the heart of the law was love. It was this call to communion and relationship with God. But because of the fall, because of our broken nature... This was never going to be enough. God always knew this. We see this from the very beginning. He always planned to send his son. You know, from the moment of that first fall, when Adam and Eve fall, you know, God said, he said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So God always knew that he would send Jesus Christ so that our hearts could come back to him. Not through our own efforts, but through this mystery of the saving death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that allows God's very self, the third person of the Trinity, to live in us. And that's the only way that holiness is possible. If holiness is an inside job, if it is about becoming like Jesus Christ, only God can do that in you and me. So this life in the Holy Spirit that we are called to, that's part of the call of every single Christian, is about our inward daily conversion to become like God. And it's only through this indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we can in any way come to resemble Jesus Christ. Otherwise, as Jesus himself said, we become like whitewashed tombs. Has anyone ever heard that expression, whitewashed tombs? He says it in the Gospels. And he's talking about the scribes and the Pharisees. And on the way to Jerusalem, there were tombs. And at certain times when people were making pilgrimage, they would whitewash these tombs so they didn't look so Gross, you know, these tombs of the dead, they'd whitewash them. So they just looked like, they looked nice, you know, um, um, sanitary. So we can on the outside, you know, look nice and sanitary and look like Christians on the outside. But Jesus challenges us, you know, what's going on on the inside. And this is where the fruits of the Holy Spirit come in. So St. Paul, you know, who is, like, one of my best friends. I love him. He's amazing. I love how he's so, like, just puts his... Oh, never mind. Um, He puts his heart on the line. Thank you. I think that might happen a lot. My Bible is, like, it's pretty intense. Okay, so he just puts his heart on the line all the time, right? So he talks... He says that... um, The whole law is fulfilled in one word... You shall love your neighbour as yourself. So, St. Paul takes all these externals and brings it back to what God has always intended. And then he shows us how that is done through the work of the Holy Spirit. Because he said, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And this is Galatians chapter 5, it's verse 22. So he shows us what, is, what is we're called to have in our hearts and he contrasts it with that which is of the flesh. So that which is, um, yeah, all about the external, but all about this world, this world that's passing away. He says, the works of the flesh are plain, immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Then the good news. I'm going to say the fruits again because that's what we're going to talk about and want to have these in our minds that this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Put your hand up if that second list appeals to you. So that's what we're here to talk about. How do we live the fruits of the Holy Spirit in our life? Because yes, it's firstly about inviting the Holy Spirit in. And we've done that at our baptism. We did it anew in our confirmation. We're going to do it anew in a special way tonight. And we can do it every single day, and we should. We should every single day ask the Holy Spirit, because He's God. He's the only one that can make us to become like God. But there's also the reality of the Christian life is that it's God's work. But when God works, we sweat. It's cooperation. So we have to learn, how do we live this? Okay? So we're going to talk about the fruit. So I'm going to ask John to come up. right, John? He's going to um, help draw a tree, a fruit tree. So um, we need to draw a big trunk. Okay? So a big trunk. We need ground we need, um, for the fruit tree to go into. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and some leaves, lots of leaves. Yeah, that's great. I want to throw some branches? Yeah, some branches in there. That's good. Well, oh, good. Let's put some fruit, fruit, and then a root system. Let's give it some root. Oh, that's good. Okay, okay. Thank you, John. That's great. Okay, so. What can you tell might not just be about this tree specifically. You might have experienced other fruit trees in your life. Um, but what can you tell me about this tree? I don't know. Some of you are from the city. I don't know. Um, but what can you tell me about this tree or any other fruit tree that you've experienced? What are some key characteristics? Actually, John, would you mind standing here? Maybe we can write down some of the, um, some of the key What are some key characteristics of this tree or any other fruit tree? Okay, well that's very good. So let's write fruit on the board. Put your hands up. Anyone else? Yes. Good roots. Yep. Izzy, yes. The trunk, it's thick. Branches, anything else? Yes? Leaves? It's got leaves? What else does it have? Or what what is another characteristic of the tree? It's not dead, it's alive. Ro- roots, yes. What else? Good soil. Good soil? <laughs> Anything else? It needs water and it needs what was, like like sunshine, water and sunshine, nutrient, I need water. (laughs) Anything else, Bill? Needs pruning, very good. Yes, Duncan, needs to be strong, yep, that's very good. It needs sunlight, yes, Jacob, it produces seed, very good, Matt. Ah, it needs to be the right season to produce fruit. <laughs> Anyone else, Naomi? It needs a gardener. Very good. <laughs> yes, Simon, Peter. It needs a creator. Very good. Someone had to put it there in the first place. Brad. Very good. So it needs to be able to withstand storms. Anything else? Ah, oh, okay. So it needs, needs to deal with it needs to deal with attack. It needs to deal with insects. Very good. Yes, Joe? Oh same thing. It can catch fire. Just <laughs> 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 see where the Holy Spirit goes. Okay, yes, Sarah. Yeah, it can die. Yeah, that's true. They can die. They're they they're they're, mor- they're mortal. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else? Amory? Hey, Marie. And it needs someone to eat the fruit, okay? That's awesome. Thank you, John. Okay. So, okay. so, if I spoke about every characteristic that you've listed there, then we'd go into dinner time. So, I, I won't, but hopefully, that some of the characteristics I'm going to speak about, you'll kind of be, I think, okay, I can see how that connects to that other characteristic that I haven't spoken about, because those, those are all awesome. So, I want to start with the soil, okay? So for us as Christians to bear fruit, you know, these fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, okay? These, I- these inner fruits, okay, the soil of our hearts needs to be cultivated. You know, it needs to be, there's many aspects that come with soil. So for example, like soil needs to be worked over to get air in there, to let the nutrients turn over. Okay, so we can't, just, we can't stay stagnant. The, the soil of our heart, you know, if we just stay exactly the same our whole life, what's going on with our relationship with God and our prayer life and all those sorts of things, that's exactly the same. Well, it's actually not exactly the same. We're going backwards, okay, because that soil needs to be worked over. It needs to be uncontaminated. So you put chemicals or poison, um, you know, down near those roots or down in that soil, and that's going to damage that tree. You know, and that's one of the reasons why it's so important to, you know, constantly check our hearts. You know, what's going on? This is one of the ways in which um, community or having really strong friends in the faith can really be a help because sometimes we can't always see what's going on in our own hearts. You know, if I'm only answerable, if it's just between, if I'm only answerable to myself and God, eventually I just become answerable to myself. Okay, so community is a big one, you know, because, and it's not always easy you know, I often say one of the things for me about community life, and obviously, like, as a member of the Immaculata community, I live in a, in a very specific way, um, and not everyone's in a community in that way, but one of the things for me actually has been the fact that my flaws are not hidden from other people. Like, I can't escape the fact that every single person in my community knows not just that I'm flawed, but often knows my flaws. You know, I can't escape from that, but that's actually a gift because it means I'm called to work on them. Um. Another thing with soil is you need the right kind of soil for the right tree. So every one of us is different. I want to touch on that in a minute. But, um, you know, there can be really, really good soil, but it might not be the right soil for you. Um, God is very personal. You know, he really knows us. He knows where we need to be planted. Um, I, quite a few years ago now, like 2011, I spent a year in another community. It was a beautiful community. Um, And I'd done a mission school with them overseas and I really loved that community. And I sort of thought that was my place. You know, I was really happy there. Um, And then I um, basically, um, Mother Mary Trees had contacted me and said, oh, look, why don't you come back to Sydney and help out again? And I was like, oh, no, I don't think it's my place. I said this to my mum and my spiritual um, director and then a couple of days later, I had an experience at Mass. Um, I'd been praying sort of what I was meant to do more with like, like a job situation. But all of a sudden, out of the blue, it just became very clear to me. And I won't go into it because it's kind of complicated, but being so clear to me that actually this place, this community was where I was called to. So I took a few days to really discern it, really ask the Lord, okay, what are you, what are you telling me? And in that time, I went to a weekday Mass and uh, Father Don Murphy, a Dominican, was preaching. And it was the, the gospel was on the different soils. Um, sorry, the different seeds, the seed landing on the different soils. And you know, Jesus talks about there's the rocky soil, um, there's the path where the birds come and eat it, um, there's the soil where the brambles grow and they, they crush the word because of the, um, they crush the seed because of the cares and worries of the world. And then there's the good soil, and that the seed planted in that soil bears fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. And Father Dom said, all of us have all those four different types of soil in our hearts. All of us. The question for you is, where is your good soil most cultivated? And that was my answer. I just, it just was so clear. I knew this was the place for me. I knew this was where God was going to cultivate the soil of my heart. Um, and it wasn't that that other community wasn't awesome and beautiful, but that soil was not the soil that, was, that God had made my, my heart for. Um, and it's the same with perhaps discerning our vocation, you know, or discerning what God's doing. You know, where are we meant to be going? You know, where what's bearing fruit? Where do I bear the most fruit? What is the soil that I'm meant to be planted in? Okay. So another thing that we pointed out on here that that's the soil. I think we point out was the what's in the soil, which is the roots. So the roots have to go deep. Um, that's how the tree grows, and that's how even in dry times it can keep getting watered, um, it can keep getting those, that moisture. And this is prayer. For these fruits to appear in our lives, for that inward relationship with the Holy Spirit, we need prayer. That's what waters our hearts. Otherwise, we are dry and our roots start to dry up and, and everything else flows from that. Our trunk becomes weak. The fruit maybe doesn't, isn't, doesn't bear quite as strongly. Some of the leaves might start to dry Um, that, that deep soaking in prayer is so necessary for us to bear fruit. Okay, a third thing. They grow, so trees grow. Even once they're very old, they keep growing if they're pruned well. So the moral of this is we're not there yet. It ain't over till it's over. You know, once we're in heaven, we be like, oh, okay, we're here, but we're not there yet. So we've, we're called to keep growing, to keep getting pruned. You know, and this is actually, um, you know, this is such a gift. Pruning is painful. It's really, really painful, but it's such a gift. So um, a few years ago, I, had, I was really blessed to go to Assisi on pilgrimage um, with Mother Mary Trees and Sister John Mary. And we were in Assisi, and I'd always been really challenged by St. Francis of Assisi because he was so radical, but I couldn't relate to him. Like, our lives just looked completely different. And I used to think to myself, well, I want to, be, I want to be radical, I want to be full on, but I look nothing like that. So maybe, I don't know, like, what does that mean, basically? And when I was in Assisi um, at this time, I had this real grace to to understand that to be radical, to be full on for God, meant just to be full-on for him, to give him everything wherever I was at. So I'm obviously not a male Franciscan friar in the 13th century, you know, so I can't be full-on in that way. But I can be 100% now in my life, right? So this came to me. And then this came to me from the Lord, give up social media. I was like, what? It was like, you want to give me 100%? Like, You're wasting your time, Jess. And I knew it was a word for me. I'm not saying it's a word for any of you. I knew it was a word for me. And I heard him say that, and I ignored it. I thought, oh, I need my downtime. I need to unwind. I'm basically evangelizing, you know, um, through my Instagram. Um, You know, all these different things. I think I had already given up Facebook at that point, but that was for, like, sort of different reasons. But it was like I, I ignored it. And there was this pruning God had wanted to do, and I didn't let it happen. And I really saw in my life through that as a result that there was fruit that was not born. And what was so beautiful was that actually the following year, I'm losing track of years, but the following year, as a pilgrimage group, we went to Assisi as part of our 2016 World Youth Day pilgrimage. And I had such a grace at his tomb just to give that real... um, you know, failure that I had lived with the Lord, to give that to him and just experience his mercy, his peace. It was beautiful, you know. But that's one of the things about pruning. It's not always going to be what we want to hear. <laughs> He's not always going to prune the areas that we would like him to prune. Um, you know, I joke sometimes, Rose of Lima, right? She was very, very holy and she um, was she was very beautiful. And she started fasting and not sleeping and serving everyone. And she started to look really, really bedraggled and less beautiful. So everyone started to be like, whoa, she's so holy. She's always doing stuff. She never sleeps. She's so holy. So she prayed. She was like, Lord, please restore my beauty so that no one will say that about me and I won't get proud. And boom, she was really beautiful. And sometimes I'm like, whoa, could you prune me in that way? But no. He prunes us not always in the ways we want, but the ways we need. That's pruning. And that's growing. Like we're expected to keep growing always till the end. So, someone made a very good point. We need someone to eat the fruit. So, fruit is for eating. These fruits, these beautiful, you know, inward um, expressions of God's love in our hearts, this gentleness, this love, um, this patience, these are not just for us. The world needs God. It needs God in each one of us. You know, people need to encounter Jesus through us and the Holy Spirit is the only one that can do that the Holy Spirit's the only one that can bring Jesus Christ to life in us in a way that's then going to flow out of us to others because it has to start on the inside um, and you know as I said St Paul said the whole of the law is fulfilled in one word you shall love your neighbour as yourself so this is our call um now, I don't think actually anybody nobody said this, but trees need space to grow. So you know, if you um if you put something around a tree, like um I don't know, a, like a wire around a tree, or if you cut it in a certain way, it will grow that way. You know, there's a whole my co- my dad's cousin, she lives here in Hobart, and she's doing like this course where you trim trees and you get them to grow in certain ways. It's like a hobby. Like it's a thing. So um, so one thing is it's real. Um, so, you know, science. So, um, so it needs space to grow. If you put an enclosure around it, it won't grow any bigger, okay? If you say to God, I'm just going to give you this much of my heart, he will respect that. Give him the whole paddock. Give him the whole field, the whole orchard. Let that tree become as big as he wants to make it. Can you imagine if Mother Teresa had said to God, I'll give you 50%. Or if Maximilian Kolbe had said, "Um, yeah, you know what, I'll I'll write that newspaper, but I'm I'm just going to write what I want to put in it because it's a bit dangerous right now. You know, these things are getting pretty hot here in Poland and I think I've just got to play it safe. Can you imagine if Maximilian Kolbe had done that? Put your hand up if you haven't heard of Maximilian Kolbe. It's okay, because there might be a few people who haven't heard of him. yeah. So he died in Auschwitz as a martyr of love. He gave his life for another prisoner. But he was arrested in nineteen forty one, just after he wrote in his magazine that he would publish across Poland the words This is, you know, this is at the height of the Nazi invasion of Poland, you know, when everyone should have been terrified. But he wrote in his magazine No one in the world can change the truth. What they can do and should do is seek the truth and serve it when they have found it. You know, here's Hitler saying, well, there's no God, I can do whatever I want. And there's Maximilian Kolbe saying, no, that's, that's not right. He gave God the whole paddock. And so his tree could grow so big. You know, the Polish bishops, at the cause for his beatification, they testified that they believed the faith of the Polish people was saved in the lead-up to World War II, by Maximilian Kolbe and his friars and the work they did in proclaiming the gospel without fear because they gave God the whole paddock. Now, St Francis of Assisi, by the time of his death, 5,000 friars were with him. He'd only been at it for about 20 years because he gave God the whole paddock. And there's, I think there's so many other things on there that it's it's so beautiful, all the things that people have said. And they're all so true. You know, branches, we're all connected. We can't do this alone. He's made us for communion. Um, You know, it's all so beautiful. But I'm going to finish just with one last, um, one last aspect that I think is really important. Oh, sorry, two last aspects. (laughs) So the, the second last is that, and I alluded to this before, every tree is different you know every leaf in the world is different there's no two trees are the same um, you know sometimes I've, I've shared this sometimes with some female friends um because we often struggle with comparing ourselves to other people right and one way i like to think about it and it, it, it relates to our bodies but also relates to everything is that think about it, there's no two bodies in the world that are exactly the same even identical twins don't have the same body Even two similarly sized supermodels don't have the same body, right? We all have different bodies. Why? Because God has obviously wanted all of us to be different. If he wanted you to be like someone else, he wouldn't have made you different. It's the same with our hearts. You know, it's the same with the way that the fruit is going to bear on us. No two apples are the same. So these fruits are going to look different in each one of us. So each tree is unique really trust that. God wants to uniquely bear this fruit in you and remember that. Not to compare ourselves to others. A comparison is the thief of joy. Not to compare ourselves to others, but to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. And you know, these trees, they grow upwards because they look at the sun. I know I've experienced times in my life, you know, even you know, i ministry, and you're a missionary, and rah rah rah, but my eyes weren't always on Jesus. You know, why? Because different things. Sometimes it's because I was afraid, or I was working through different issues, but instead of looking at him, I started looking at myself and my insecurities. And not only did I stop bearing fruit, but I started, um, you know, I started falling even into sins, sins of dishonesty, Um, yeah, definitely sins of dishonesty, and so I can see how It only grows if it's looking up towards the sun. You take the sun away, the tree's not going to grow. It's not going to bear fruit. So we've got to focus on Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit wants us to resemble him. Now, it was beautiful what Juan was saying about how the Holy Spirit works to draw us to God and to draw us into intimacy with him. The Holy Spirit is always working towards our relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son. And then the last thing is, and this is really important, um, and, you know, coming to a mission school like this, first of all, uh, you know, it's so awesome because you guys have given up 10 days of your lives. You know, and maybe that doesn't seem, 10 days of your life, like, you know, maybe we're going to live a lot of days, but actually that is a big deal, you know? given up the first 10 days of your year. You've made sacrifices to be here. Many of you have travelled a long way, had to save up. Um, and you've come here, and yeah, it's not always going to be easy because we're going to get challenged. Jesus was constantly challenging his disciples, constantly, because he wanted them to grow. And it isn't always easy, and sometimes, especially when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it can be challenging because we're being asked to let God take over. And this is this really key aspect to bearing fruit. They don't plant themselves in the soil. They don't ma- make that seed crack open. They don't control their growth. We are not in control. This, these fruits are a work of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can do all these things. We can give him the paddock. We can, we can focus on the sun. We can put our roots down in prayer. But at the end of the day, we have to remember... We don't control our own growth. We are in God's hands. And the more we surrender to God, the more we let him take over, the more we will bear the fruit that he's calling us to bear. Holiness is in God's strength, not mine. St. Paul says to walk by the Spirit. What does that mean? Like Juan said today, Paraclete, to walk for the one who walks beside us, the one who wants to guide us. Let us walk in his footsteps. Let us let him take the lead. That's how we can bear the fruit that he wants to bear in us. That's how we can be authentic Christians. Otherwise, I'm my own person. I'm my own boss. I don't want to be my own boss. I made a mess of it for 24 and a half years. I want him to be in charge. And what's so beautiful is that the way that he wants to take charge is to give us love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control, You know, he's so tender and good. We have nothing to be afraid of. The father of lies wants us to think that we put ourselves, we surrender ourselves into the hands of the Holy Spirit and everything's suddenly going to get very scary and very out of control. But that's not the truth. Because this fruit tree has a creator, as someone said. You and I have a creator. He knows you. He knows every strand of your DNA in the same way that He knows every little piece of bark on that tree. He knows and He can be trusted. all I want to share. That was Jess Leach with Fruits of the Holy Spirit. This presentation was part of the 2018 Immaculata Mission School held in Hobart, Tasmania on the theme, Being a Disciple of Jesus. For more talks, interviews and shows, visit cradio.org.au.